0: I stood on that porch for a good 20 minutes watching the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly how I heard it.
0: Well, Lightning so bright, you'd swear it was day.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so bright, would swear
0: it was day. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is Tuesday, May 3rd. Okay. Almost Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yeah, it'd be Thursday. Yep. Yeah, too bad there's no good Mexican place in D.C. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) I haven't found one. There's got to be. There's Mexican people in D.C. There's got to be good Mexican food. But there's a lot of like El Salvadoran or or Peruvian or Chilean, and it's like, nope, I don't. Nope, that's not what I'm asking for. You asking for a good Mexican place? Okay. Just just give me some good fish tacos, a Corona with a little lime in it. Mm, I'm in. I'm done. Fish tacos, <clears throat> and not the grilled fish tacos. You want I fried want the, fish like, tacos. The fried fish tacos.
1: So you want junky
0: with uh, the cabbage and with the 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 what's this, What's the sauce? The white sauce. Uh, you, got, uh, you got me. Uh,
1: See, this is you growing up in Arizona and South Southern California. I don't know, but it's good. All
0: right, uh, <laughs> Tuesday, May third. This is episode number. 210. Ooh, 210. 211. I almost. Hey, ah, next week we'll have a 211 in progress. <laughs> <laughs> and and tomorrow is Star Wars Day, so. Uh, wait, why? Because it's May the 4th. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Oh, Jesus. Now I got to suffer all those nerds telling me, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, exactly. Ah, great. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you came up out of the basement just to tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> wait, aren't you in a basement right now? Hey, hey, but it's really nice. And my mom doesn't live upstairs. <laughs> All right, it's it's on taking pictures. It's episode 210. It's your your weekly blast of of what? Photo nonsense. Okay.
1: Is that fair? Fo- photo nonsense? Sure. Yeah, we're not going to make any sense today, so don't
0: bother listening. <laughs> no, you have to listen. Oh, okay. Uh Bill Wadman New York City, Jeffrey, D.C. Um, I went to a bakery over the weekend. Okay. And uh, it is called – wait, what's it called? It's called uh, Je Ne ne Sais Quoi. Is that what it's called?
1: It's a French – it's a Chinese bakery. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's right.
0: Uh, and they have these, uh, <clears throat> these, uh, these things called, what are they called? Marvel is that how you pronounce that? Okay. I don't know. I don't know that I know what they are. What are they? Uh, they're, they, they are these, uh, let's see. Oh, je ne sais quoi. that's what it's okay. called. Je ne sais quoi. It's on Connecticut. And they are these, they there, there are two. Uh, meringues with, uh, well, the one I had was, was the chocolate one. We got a, uh, it's the chocolate version. They've got lavender, they've got white chocolate, they've got one with coffee, which they were out of, um, husband and wife from France. And apparently the, the husband is a, is a very well-known French pastry chef. Okay. Uh, and, and they, they just opened a couple of months ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's uh, two meringues with ganache in between, and then covered with like a dome of whipped cream, and then uh, dark chocolate shavings over the whole thing. Okay, this is right oh, next to. Oh my God! That <laughs> right that, next to what? <laughs> uh,
1: that's uh, right across the street from Krispy Kreme on Dupont Circle. Yeah, I know yes. where
0: it is. Yes. Yeah, it's across from Krispy Kreme, because uh, it was it was uh, International Jazz Day. Oh, okay. So we went down and uh, and listened to some jazz. There were some terrific bands in the circle mm-hmm. and uh, went to went to this rug shop that we really like. Uh, they uh it's like four stories of like old like you know old and new rugs, like you know the big kind of uh, Persian rugs, oriental rugs, yeah. you know handmade rugs. And the owner, his name is Cyrus, uh, is from Iran. And uh, uh, I, I talked to him when I first moved here. I had like an hour long conversation with him. He's terrific. He remembered remembered us. We went in, and uh, it's 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 amazing. You go in and they, in one of the display cases, they've got like a thank you card from from uh, JFK and Jackie Onassis. So it's, they're high end. They're 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 not, they're not fooling around with the rugs. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this bakery thing, I took a picture as. As I often do, of this your want to do, yeah, uh, of this of this thing, Mar, Marvelu, mar- something like that. Anyway, correct me, those of you who speak French. Um, and it was fantastic. But it got me thinking about food photography. And then this thing showed up in my feed about food photography and how, and as I'm looking through some of these things, it's just amazing how, how sort of next level food photography is becoming. And and you even commented, commented like that. food photography is almost becoming a new thing. It's becoming something other than food yeah. photography. I mean, th- these aren't just little still lifes of, of, of things placed just so it's, it's gotta be bigger, bolder, more, more, more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for people who are real foodies, it's, it's like pornography, right? It's like, sure. It's food porn. Yeah. Um, which is yeah it's it's it, and and it, i think part of that is just the proliferation of so many photographers shooting food i mean i myself have four or five friends who are only food photographers you know that's all they shoot yeah you know it's like wow. or 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 it's either they're shooting food or they're shooting people in the restaurant business hmm. you know and and to me it's like like i'm not a huge foodie so for me it's like wow that you know <laughs> But for them, that's really what they're into, and all they shoot is food, you know. Um, and so maybe the the it, it's sort of branching out because it's too many people in such a small space that they have to start trying to do things differently, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I really enjoyed the ice cr- shooting the ice cream for for, for chill. I really oh, right, enjoyed yeah. that. Um, I can see the draw of it. For for me, I think that would be a fantastic. Type of photography to pursue professionally if I were going to because I, I like the precision of it. Yep. I like the, the sort of controlled environment. But at the same time, it's, it's got to look at least somewhat representational of what the thing is. So you can't go too crazy with it.
1: Yeah. The, like the still life angle of it, I find, um, uh, you know, uh, interesting on a, on a like a uh, logical sort of thinking about it level. Um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I could totally understand why that would like get, but the people who are doing that, I mean, that's like, it's very tedious, right? At oh, that yeah. level. Yeah. I would so imagine. it's, it's concentration for 10 hours a day where
0: there's just like, you know, like
1: nitpick, 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 you know, it's right? like your job yeah. is to nitpick, you know, yeah.
0: Mo- move that stamen uh, or, you know, move that little piece of crust or move, you know, whatever it is. Yeah a millimeter to the left. Right.
1: Which is funny because I am really bad at that as a general rule. Like I, I'll be taking pictures of people and not notice that the tie, their tie at the bottom is turned over. You know what I mean? Right. Just cause I'm right. like worried about their face and stuff. And so, um, I guess that's the trick with those people, and they're also shooting, you know, straight to a computer, and they're like staring at it and saying, "Let's move that thing." But your point is that
0: people are getting into action photography with with yeah, chefs now and it's, stuff. It, yeah, and I think it's it's I think it's fascinating. Uh, so, and wait, I, is, and is, I, is it that
1: food photography is changing, or that all photography is sort of blending into each other?
0: That's a that's a great question, and that might be a, a, a an interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be. I think it would be interesting especially if we could maybe do a little looking between now and maybe even next week if you want to do it next week uh and and find some examples of crossover. I think that yeah. would be interesting to not just to talk about it but but to show some areas where there is crossover between one and the other. Sure.
1: I mean I mean look at it. Look at look at where portraiture is gone more photojournalism and photojournalism is gone more reportage or you know what i mean like yeah all this stuff has has really started blending into each other and of course there are people working in each one of those but there's also it's sort of it, photography has become more of a continuum it's it's become more of a spectrum rather than roy g biv you know right um right the way things blend into each other, so I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, why don't we? Yeah, let's let's get into that next week. That's it. That's that a would be one.
0: fun, right? Yeah. All right.
1: Um, all right. So we got a we got a bunch of questions.
0: We've got we've got questions. Um, hmm. We can't guarantee we have answers. Right. Right. Uh, but you guys were kind enough to to send in some questions, and if you are listening live on Twitter or via Twitter, I guess you wouldn't be listening on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Send us questions. Use use OTP live. Hashtag OTP live if you want to send in a question, you know, right now. Uh you know. We go ahead get
1: to it if we see it. Yeah.
0: You ready to start? I am ready to start. You ready ready to dig deep? I'm I'm ready to dig I even have a question. You, I you a question. want to start with your question? Uh no. <laughs> okay.
1: Do you want to read the first question?
0: Yes okay uh okay uh florian florian asks is did we decide is it deal florian deal deal i would would imagine florian deal uh first question how was the sigourney weaver interview (laughs) yeah uh Uh, do you want want to answer that and then do the second one yeah let's let's answer that one Uh, how was sigourney how was ripley Okay, uh,
1: the quick answer is that it was great. Sigourney Weaver looked fantastic, and she's very well-spoken, you know, very professional woman. Um, watching Aliens with a crowd of 1,500 people who are giant Aliens fans was very exciting and far more fun than I expected it to be. Um, however, uh, Jeffrey and I were talking about this, I guess, what was it, last Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. Uh that that they had a they had a woman from buzzfeed as the interviewer on stage with her and her questions were just awful um i mean she was, she was supposedly a film reviewer from buzzfeed and it's like okay well what do you have to be if, to be a film reviewer at buzzfeed you have to have a computer and watch movies um it, like it you know it's like and i don't know i don't know anything harsh, more about but- this woman than listening to her questions about this but i want interviewers to give actual questions right it's, it's not like, Jeffrey, you've moved to D.C.
0: Um, can you speak to that? Yeah, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's like that's <laughs> well, not a question. Why wouldn't they have. I mean, I don't know who this woman is, but but why wouldn't they have somebody like a like a Peter Travers or something? Yeah, get, the, get the guy
1: or, or, or girl from Rolling Stone or New York Times or New York. I mean, it's Magazine. a big interview, right? It's, yeah. Sigourney Weaver doesn't do a lot
0: of press. It's or, a, it's an or iconic even film.
1: As as a fun thing, get the guy who reviewed it for the New York Times in 1982. If he's still alive, you know, or whoever. Right. Right. right, right, like, right. like go retro. Get the guy who, who's who's retired or the gal from whatever you know it's just so that that there was that which was annoying so the questions weren't great but she made her best of them uh and then they opened it up to questions on the floor and every single one of the nerds who asked a question was an awful question except for one guy who asked the difference between ridley scott and james cameron as a director which that's That's a good question question. that's a good question and everyone went okay yeah yeah okay good question good question you know uh, but everyone else's was like, if you were in a common sci-fi world with Star Wars and Star Trek, do you think Ripley would be on the Enterprise or the Millennium Falcon? Like, that was the kind of question you yeah. got, which is just, oh, God. It's it's like, you, you know what the problem with any stereotype is? There are people of that stereotype, and they make
0: everyone else look bad. Did, you know? Didn't you say that somebody asked about Predator and, and yeah, alien? Yeah. I hear that you...
1: Hate the movies Predator versus Alien, and I just like you to know. And it's like, oh, who cares? Like,
0: I love how know. upset you get.
1: Well, it's just like <laughs> I
0: know it, that you're like you're sitting in the audience, just seething, going, oh, well, come it's on. like it's
1: like guys, we're in New York City at like this beautiful place with this fantastic actress on stage, who's who's like giving her time to. and These are the questions you come up with. Like, is this what you were sitting at home thinking about? Anyway, so uh, so it was great. Uh, in the sense that it was cool to see Sigourney Weaver and some of her
0: stories were kind of fun, but the I, interviewer I did was think terrible. It was and the cool questions that, were terrible. Uh, you said that she watched the movie with you, yeah, she, like that, she was in the auditorium with everyone watching the movie for she the first came time. Out, she came 20, out with the out announcer
1: years. guy at the beginning, the guy who like runs. It, this was all set up for opening Alamo Draft Houses in New York, uh, which is that Austin chain that they kick right, you out if you talk. Right. And, um, so he's like, Hey, you know, thanks guys. Like we're going to do this is like a ramp up thing. And like Sigourney's here. And she comes out and, uh, he's like, all right, we're going to go downstairs. We'll see you guys in a couple hours. And apparently she went downstairs and up the back and actually sat in the, in the balcony with her husband and watched the movie, which could you imagine sitting in the balcony and Sigourney Weaver sits down next no. to you? And no, <laughs> you're watching aliens and Sigourney Weaver sitting next to you. It's pretty awesome. Or she's um, like whispering to her husband. You have to like shush her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, shh, come on! Oh, now. Can I just say one other thing? So the whole yeah, thing yeah. about Alamo Drafthouse is that no phones, no talking. Like you're here to see the movie, right? Right. And that was the rules. The guy said the rules. Whatever it is, this kid in front of me pulls out his freaking phone halfway through and starts texting. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I tapped him on the shoulder. And as I'm tapping him on the shoulder, I see out of my like the 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 peripheral vision conrad's hand going and tapping his other shoulder oh <laughs> man double like, teaming him we're like put your phone away you idiot you know right and he's like right. oh i didn't know it's like yeah you didn't know i hate oh no excuse anyway so yes that was good what's question two <laughs> what have we
0: got <laughs> wow uh second question uh it feels like it's the especially hard it, it is especially hard in the field of photography to talk about the artsy side of it Oh, I don't know. We, we've we've been doing it for about 700 hours. <laughs> uh, it's mostly tech, tech, tech. Yeah. Do you think from your experience that the tech aspect of photography hinders one to get to the artistic core of photography or is it a necessary step? I've been listening to your awesome shows for more than a year now. Yes, I say shows because OTP uh, and all, all the other, the other shoes sh- – <laughs> Right. All the other shows, uh, one continuum to me, they work great together, so they're great. Anyway, my point is I feel that I could have gotten to the point of where I am now photography-wise just as easily without all the tech knowledge that I've acquired over the years. Uh, I know that at some point the tech is important. It's good to have a certain baseline knowledge, but isn't it too much? All this Hmm. detailed talk about ISO, noise, sharpness, and when it comes to composition, it's just, ah, go with the rule of thirds, can't go wrong there.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, it's a good question in the sense that he's right. I think that, I think people talk about tech because there are concrete answers to the tech questions, Mm -hmm. uh, where, when it comes to composition, when you and I do a crit wall thing and we talk about somebody, you and I disagree over what advice to give somebody about, Mm -hmm. but if, if it was out of focus, we'd know this, we'd know what advice we'd both give. Right.
0: Yeah. You know? Um, well, I, I do think the tech part is important. I think it gets, it, it has too. become yeah. too important. Uh, in, in the same way that if you were if you had a bunch of of painters in a room, at some point they would talk paint and gear and you know brushes and sure. what type of canvas, linen versus cotton versus you know whatever. Linen, but but it doesn't become at least in my experience, it doesn't become as much of a part of the conversation as the tech side does in photography. Do you think that's, do you think that's
1: because in painting or say sculpture, you know, it's like, okay, well you have your chisel and a hammer that, that, that technology doesn't change as quickly as photographic technology. Sure. I think that's part of it. That photography is, is fundamentally a technological process in a way that the other ones aren't. I think that's true. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you that I think that the technical knowledge is very important. Of course, we all know lots of photographers who don't know ISO from a hole in their head who take wonderful images, make wonderful images. You know, I think it I think it, and then there there are people for whom it's all about the technical stuff because their job isn't about composition. It's about getting a perfect version of this, you know, object from whatever at the Smithsonian, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, no, we just need to light this document really well and get a really high res image of it. That's in focus. Like that's our job. Um, so I, I think that the, I think that there's a, a continuum. Do you, I mean, I think maybe it's also one of those things
0: where, you know how you, you know, you're supposed to learn all this stuff until you forget it, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah but i I know plenty of people who never learned it to begin with and are and are fantastic in their respective fields yeah
2: yeah true, yeah you know
0: without any sort of formal formal education i don't i wouldn't say they're self taught first of all i don't I don't believe that you are self taught at anything um, well self taught in the sense that you no one stood there
1: and said stuff to you it was more like you picking up stuff along the way, you know?
0: yes, but it's not you in a vacuum just you of know, course not no, no having no. an aha moment yeah um but I think the there is this idea that the tools change. And, and it's – look, the industry survives on you buying new gear. Well, look at that.
1: Look at the stats we pulled up a week or two ago, right? The whole crazy mm-hmm. Canon – like half the cameras sold this year, then were sold five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they, if they added uh, um, phones into that number, if the number would be twice as many cameras last year as were made five years ago.
0: Well, who knows? I mean, yeah. if you if you look at the you know the stats for Apple, they haven't sold as many phones.
1: Yeah, but it's like you know down seven percent over right. you know, but it's well,
0: still was, hundreds of millions I, of op, of things you know. At the time, it was funny. At the time that Time Time Magazine wrote an article and they tweeted, uh, "Apple stock tanks after earning call," and I looked. And at that time, at the time that the article was written, Apple stock was down 0.59%. Wait, wait 0.59? Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, that's hardly tanking." Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was down like a a buck and a half or something. It did go. It know? did go
1: down like five or
0: six points, whatever. It, it is. went but down, like, but that was after. That wasn't after different. hours trading. Yeah. It, well, it was after Carl Icahn dumped a bunch out. of stock. Yeah.
1: Look, it'll be long. It, the the thing is that Apple is becoming uh, a coke or procter and gamble level company in the sense that they're going to still sell millions and millions of things but it's not going to be growing at 25 percent per year right right, for the next whatever you know um but yeah i mean the technical stuff i don't know i it it also comes it's you know we've discussed a few weeks ago like how you come at photography like i like the technical stuff like i'll nerd out about the technical stuff just for fun Mm -hmm. in fact i do with dan (laughs) you know but like but that's so that's a for me that's a big part of it and why i was interested in photography in the first place was figuring out the tech you know and for some for other people but how do you how do you explain to somebody what good composition is beyond rule of thirds and stuff you know and negative space and all the other I, stuff i think
0: that comes into uh, looking at portfolios of work i have learned an enormous amount just by looking at those let's call i, I guess iconic photographers yeah and 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 picking and choosing what works for me and what doesn't for me. and and trying to to uh, assimilate what I can from them, and trying to figure out what it is about them that I that I don't like, if there's something. Like, for example, you and I went to, along with some other listeners, went to the pen show when it was at the the portrait gallery a few months ago. Yep, And while I loved the black and white work that was that was on display there, the color work by and large, fell flat for me
1: yeah it's it's funny, it's like early strobe kind of garish colors, like everything was like a little too much mm-hmm. um, it's like it's uh it was all very correct, but not very interesting,
0: yeah, and I mean, and you you know so so w- if you had just seen that color body of work and didn't know that it was Irving Penn, would it have inspired you to go further? You know, the, these are these are questions that I kind of wrestle with. And and can you can you like, um, can you like a photographer but not like the entire body of work? I believe yes. Of that's, course you that's, can. Yeah, you can. Um, but I, yeah, I I is geared to I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, look at something like the the new Leica that just came out. The MD. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen that. New Leica MD. Uh, six grand for the body. Digital camera oh, for
1: manual purists no l c d screen that's awesome see if if that camera was that ca- if if I was super rich and that camera and it had a thumb winder for recocking the shutter so it like didn't require the battery wasn't used so much for like motors and stuff, yeah that would be pretty cool oh, that's actually kind of funny wait what what motor? Uh, well, or, or, in the, in the, in the mean, digital, Leicas, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in the, in the film, like as you cock the shutter with the thumb wheel, right. i right. okay, okay, just wondering like, where t- the motor
0: fits in on a digital camera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a motor for the shutter. It's still like the old shutter. It's just sort of motorized to cock back up. And it's just kind of fun cocking it with your hand as opposed to having a motor do it. So, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't that's know. Funny.
0: Uh, Florin, I do think that the tool discussion it, too often takes center stage. You know, I do think that that there are people doing amazing work with older equipment, with outdated equipment, with obsolete equipment. Um, is there, is what's the also, guy? Uh, Miroslav Tishi? Is that how you pronounce his, his, wait, is that his the name? Is this guy who does the macro stuff for the old crappy Casio camera? The, the, no, he builds his cameras out of like, oh, that toilet guy. paper rolls and cardboard and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, so you yeah, know what else anyway. I
1: think that arguably is, is that it's easier to become a nerd about the tech stuff and it's harder to become good at composition. Sure. So maybe people, especially people who don't want to dedicate the kind of time or feel inadequate about their composition skills can obsess about the technical stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That, like it's, it's, it's easier uh, sure. to, you know, it's easier to talk about the, 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 the you know, the, um. The numbers of of the whole team of the Yankees. It's easier to do that than go out and actually hold the bat and hit the ball. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I guess see that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe that's part of it too. It's like a lot of people get started and they get interested in the tech stuff, and then they either give up or 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 slowly. It's a slower trudge to get good at trudge 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 mm-hmm. to get good at uh, the composition stuff. Unless you're you know really really good at it out of the box, which a few people I guess are. Um, question number two uh Andrew lossing yep philosophy question do you think in today's world where there's so many images getting made and forgotten, it behooves us to create more series or projects to try to overcome the noise? Does a body of work really need to demonstrate a sort of devotion to an idea instead of just being a random assortment of things that we saw and took cool photos of in order to pierce through the contemporary fog? uh been thinking about this sort of thing a lot lately. Uh, not as in, uh, I will be more successful and make more money, but as in, I want to contribute something important at very
0: least, uh, at the very least to me. It, it, yeah. What do you think of that? I, I, I like series of work. I like series of images. I like, uh, I mean, it's, I've said this several times. It's one of the reasons I really like Instagram because by and large, the people that I follow anyway, I follow them for a specific type of work, a specific point of view, a specific type of, of, a uh, photographic vision, if you will. Um, probably my favorite book on photography in recent memory next to maybe Dan Winter's Road to Seeing is Magnum Contact Sheets because we get to see people working a, a photo. We get to see photographers working a subject, working through solving a, a, a visual problem. And I think series are, are where that can happen. You know, even even recently uh, your your body series that you posted. Terrific. Terrific. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love seeing that much more than I than I like seeing disconnected um you know images. Right, I, right, I like right, the, right. that you were that you you were taking the time to try and see through something and try and try and look at lighting and look at form and, and look at texture and and say something with a collection of photographs rather than here's a here's a photograph and here's another photograph that are right, that are completely right. disconnected. I love seeing that. I love seeing But do you think photographers that, like, work through it? Hmm?
1: Even even the contact sheet stuff though. I mean, those people were were working a subject and taking 12 or 36 frames to basically try to get the one picture that was going to run. Mm-hmm. Is that different to you than Say yes. somebody going to China and trying to get thirty six pictures that cover their entire trip to China. Sure,
0: sure. Uh, yeah, it is different, and it's it's you know more and more. I mean, yes, I enjoy the single photograph. I enjoy the single great photograph. Who doesn't, right? If you're listening to this show, you you love photography, probably, hopefully. Uh, so so yeah, we love single images, but I love. I love working through a theme or seeing a photographer work through a theme or an idea. Um, it's one of the reasons I like photo essays or, or right, photo right. stories where, where you're trying to tell a story through a sequence of photographs. But you're
1: also, uh, you are an admitted like story horror, right? So oh, yeah, I don't mean sure. that in a negative way. I just mean, no, that, no, like, no sure. That's sure. where you come at uh, the but world. E- even yeah. in,
0: even in my own photography, you know, part of one of, one of the sort of subconscious or, or or you know, not really documented series that I'm doing is is architecture in DC. And, you know, I look at that growing body of work and I see images where I go, oh, I got I gotta go back to that building and and try something over here. I I didn't quite get what I wanted here, or there's there was a I remember there was another corner or edge or or plane that I'd like to explore. So for myself, thinking about series of photographs it allows me to think through compositional issues, textural issues, just yeah. lighting issues yep. to see how light falls over a building. And, and when I look at them, when I get them home, I go, oh, gosh, you know, I wish I would have come later in the afternoon when the light was on the other side or earlier in the morning when the light would have been, you know, at a, at a steeper angle or whatever yeah. it is. I like those kinds of, of, of problem solving. It doesn't have to be a, a, a narrative to tell the story. It can be right. a story of light and shadow.
1: I do believe though that the idea of a, a series or a set of photographs that are, that are all sort of uh, trying to be shown as one thing um, that narrows audience in the sense that I don't think that there's as nearly as many people who will sit and look through 20 pictures as they you're will. Probably right. Yeah. So it's, it's you're what you're doing, you're speaking to a certain audience at that point, mm-hmm. uh, who's mm-hmm. looking for a story in a
0: series of images, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, do you uh, do you like doing as a, as a photographer? Do you like doing like how, th- 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 let's use this body's picture for for those of you who don't know, built it a, a a terrific set of images of are they bodybuilders are they dancers? It's In just one girl. Okay, one girl, and it's just is she a, is she a dancer or a bodybuilder? Uh, she's both? a dancer. She's, okay. a Iran she's Yeah, she's got a fantastic form. I mean, and, and, and <laughs> yeah. working through that. Was that satisfying for you or or would you have been just as satisfied with one good picture?
1: Well, even when I post one good picture of, say, somebody, it's not that I only got one good picture. It's it's that um, I mean, there's a certain level of of you have to weigh the, the the different sides of if by putting out eight pictures of the same subject. I think somebody like somebody like her and and a series like this, you can have, um, you can take a bunch of different pictures that all feel part of a series that don't all feel the same, you know? So, so there's a, it's a subject that, that lends itself to this kind of thing. Um, but, but as a general rule, do I like putting out a series of pictures as a general rule? I, I would rather put out an image or two that I think are the strongest, you know, um, personally, uh, but but it does but it's not that I when I'm shooting somebody, I'm I'm taking a bunch of different pictures from different angles with different lighting. It's just that to me some of them work and some of them don't work. In this case, a number of them worked, so I use them, you know. And there was actually another five or six that I think are really good that I could that I could put up there too. Man, she was in ridiculously good shape. Like <laughs> it's like you look at her and you go, Okay, yeah, I will never look like that no matter how hard I try. <laughs> but um, yeah, for, you know, it's funny. It's like you say that you like looking at, at larger sets. Or you like shooting larger sets. As a general rule, I think I like shooting individual photographs more than I like shooting series of photographs. And even if I do shoot a series of photographs like the motion stuff or even stuff like the Drabbles or the new thing I'm working on now, the, I see them as individual photos that happen to fit in the same bucket so I put them together. I don't think of them as the bucket.
0: Hmm. so okay. makes sense.
1: You know, like I all of them could stand need to be able to stand on their own without all the other ones supporting them. Uh it's sort of my weird internal rule. Uh so yeah, I mean I guess you and I I mean we come at it from different angles. We have, you know, slightly differing opinions on it, but But, but is the question is, is, is that the only, is that the way to move forward in photography? Is that the way to break through noise? I I guess it's, it's a, um, way to do that. You know, uh,
0: I think, I think it's getting harder. It it creates its own noise because people like you, like you had pointed out, people are sometimes reluctant to commit to sitting and looking at an entire body of work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that's kind of silly. I don't think that takes that much longer to to look through ten pictures, twelve pictures than it does a single picture. And, yeah, but and- you know
1: what? The, the, even the the subset of of hum- of of this of the population that gives a crap about photography at all, you mm-hmm. know, is already a subset, right? I'm not saying that you need to get to everybody. I'm just saying just realize that by doing that, you are yeah, you're doing something different in the sense that you're doing more than a single image or or more than the images that that huh, i guess i i guess the better way to put put my my point of view on this is that i see all of my work that i'm going to make my whole life is like one big story and trying to chunk it up into smaller stories within that I, I mean i guess it's a thing it just it doesn't that doesn't get me hot and bothered when i think about making work you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know every, hey everyone's got their thing you know
0: right um you ready for the next one thank you andrew yeah, uh Sahitas maximus Best name uh, ever, man! You've got a great name. Yeah, uh, what? He's not oh. Sahidus Minimus, right? Uh, okay, just a, a little question. <laughs> you ready for this? Here, here. Get comfortable. Uh, what makes a great photographer? The way he or she thinks about what is good photography, the quality of his or her photos, personality. Or is there no such thing as a good photographer, only a set of variables arranged to favor those who are at the right moment at the right time to make it big? Or is the impact of that or is the impact that the body of work has on a larger amount of the population? I think the last
1: thing is no, because I don't think most people care about photography. You know what I mean? I, I think we as photographers think that photography has more of an impact than it does. Because well, they, it, like it, every art and everything has some impact on on population.
0: You know? I know. I see what you're saying. I, I I disagree from the standpoint of photography. Uh, try and sell a movie without photography. Try and sell a product without photography. Try and communicate an idea.
1: Sure. But you could say the thing about the words and, the, you know, the actors and the try to make a movie without a cinematographer. Try to. make Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I guess I we're all we're all a, a smaller part of a larger thing, which is content and
0: entertainment or something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, but, I don't think I mean, look, there there are great photographers who you and I and ha- any number of people listening to the show yeah. have never heard of. It yep. doesn't make them any less great. They're yeah. great photographers
1: and lots of photographers that you, you know, you and I famously reference Saul and Ache and all these other guys. No one knows who Saul lighter and Eugene Ache are. You know what I mean? Like out in the right. normal world, like who, right. how many people would know those names, you know? Right. But like we, we use them or Dan Winters or, you know, maybe Annie Leibowitz will like slide in and my mom would know who that is. You know, mm-hmm. um, I always use my mom, my poor mom. Yeah. Um, but but I think that overall, what makes a good photographer, I think he hits it on the head there, the whole idea where it's a set of variables, right? Like you could have a little bit of this or a lot of that. And I think some of those variables are the right person at the right time. You know, I was, uh, I was at MoMA with my mom the other day and...
0: Uh, mama with mama. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, uh, and we walked downstairs and I was like waiting to get her bag from the, from the bag check. And, uh, and there was like recent acquisitions. And what was it? It was a bunch of prints of Robert Mapplethorpe. And I watched that documentary. You know what? Robert Mapplethorpe seemed like an (laughs) a-hole, you know, like he was not a good guy. He did not see his, whatever it is. Like he was, he was at a place at a time making, art that was saying something to culture when gay culture was becoming part of the norm or at least breaking out of its subculture and become you know like those the, the, the uh, society was ready for the conversation and like you know right. all all that kind of stuff right um if you done it, it...
0: It's, it's also timing to, I mean, to your exactly point.
1: yeah yeah and and so I think that there there are there are photographers who are who are great because of their technical skill and the beauty and the care they take in the photographs, and then there are people who you know swing the camera and take a picture over their shoulder because that's the way they work and they get something that's special that is iconic for a generation or you know what right. I mean?
0: Like so, I mean, I think you have to define what do you mean by great photographer? Yeah, to make
1: great photos or are they a great person as <laughs> a right. great person? Are, are, are they great?
0: I mean. Are they great at marketing? are they great at are they great business people? are they well, great at yeah. expanding the business of photography? yeah I, I think mean there's that, another question about that later but yeah you know in in that kind of if you're using those kinds of, of, of qualifications, then you can point to other I mean I don't know anything about Chase Jarvis's photography. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. point to an iconic Chase Jarvis ph- photograph, but well, there's that he's done guy that an Im- enormous amount for photography and establishing Creative Live and, and in the marketing and the business side of photography. Yeah. So I think in that respect, he's a genius photographer.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what about like the, the million-dollar photographer, you know, that Bradford guy, you know, who's oh, like – Oh, right, right. I made a million dollars by taking crappy pictures of – you know, it's like – uh, you know, and you look at his work, and you go, "Really, that guy made a million dollars?" And who, you know, who knows? Like, whatever. You know, he's made over twenty million dollars from his photography. This guy, supposedly. You know, and you look mm-hmm. at his pictures, and you go, "Really?" Um, but that's yeah. So, what do you mean by that, Sahitas? Yeah, uh, yeah. Somebody maybe that's follow up question. Somebody's going to be remembered. Somebody who is important now. Like, and, and does either of that stuff matter? You know, I yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think that I think that it's. And it's also the the way different people see it, you know. Like I famously don't care about care for Nan Golden's images. Right. But a lot of people think she's a genius, you know. Right. So it's you know, or 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 you know, I'm not a Beyonce fan, but everyone else says lemonade's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, it's like, well, what do I know? You know, um, everybody's got their own thing. You, you want to go further on that one, or you want to like? No, I mean, I think that's a that's a
0: bottomless pit because I. <laughs> see episodes one through 209. Right. Right. I mean, that's what, I mean, we're all struggling to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we're, we're struggling in different ways. Um, Is it, is it, you know, it's why we listen to this show. It's why we take workshops. It's why we read books. It's why, you know, we, we buy new gear. It's, it's, we're all trying to figure out which way to turn the kaleidoscope to see a clearer picture of where we want to be, right right? Yep,
1: yeah. Uh, where are we? Justice Justice Pang. yeah, this is, um, this is I just decided to pass up a free local photo competition sponsored by a furniture rep. Even though my friend was pushing me to take a shot at it and because uh, it has some nice prizes, I dislike the competitiveness of it all. I suspect that the competition may force me to improve my skills. With a Z, awesome, right? Uh, but it will, will help you improve your skills. Uh, but it feels uh, the chase for a prize would suck the joy out of the whole experience for me. What are your thoughts about photography comp- competitions and entering them?
0: It,
1: it. Do you, I mean, do you like competition in general? Like, do you did you like sports competition,
0: that kind of stuff? Like competing. Um, I I did. I liked playing baseball. Uh, yeah. Played football till I blew out my knee. Um, then I wrestled for a little while, but. Mm. That didn't work out. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's a person. It's a personality thing. Competitiveness. I'm not, I'm not a huge competitive personality. I'm yeah. not, I, you know, and competitive
1: and, and, art is a weird thing.
0: Yeah, it kind of, it kind of is. I mean, I get it. You know, I get the yeah. idea of it. Um, I guess justice, I, I would say I would look at it from the standpoint of, of who's judging it. Yeah. Uh, what what the potential impact could be in terms of eyes on your work. Yep. Um, and I would take the prize part out of it. You know, I, I would look more closely at at um, the audience that's going to see it, um, whose feedback you can you can. Uh, expect or 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 look forward to about the work and 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 would that person or those people would their feedback help you in some way? this is the other thing if you don't if you don't care about the if you don't care or respect uh about the person who's offering the feedback then it's not going to make any difference to you one way or the other yeah
1: yeah it's true uh i I do occasionally enter into competitions. Um, but usually it's competitions where there's like a, you know, like the, the photo dystri- annual or the mm-hmm. g- communication arts. Um, but again, is
0: it, is it for the prizes or is it oh, for, it's the not for the exposure? It,
1: it's for the exposure, not even the yeah. feedback. It's more like okay. if I end up in that book, I can use that as a thing. Hey, I'm in the book, you know, like humble brag, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that I'm in the book. Um, to me, that's what it is. And it's, it's not really as much me as like my agent telling me to do it, you know? So for me personally, I don't really care. Um, but, but I have done it in the past and I've had stuff in those things in the past, but I, one of the problem problems with like promotion and all the rest of it in, in the world of photography is that you have no idea. I mean, unless you directly ask and you say, Jeffrey, why did you hire me? You know, and you, and they say, well, I saw your picture in the PDN annual, um, Right. But even then it's like, okay, well, that's like one or two points of data across a whole bunch of stuff. It's like it, you could have had no people or you could have had two people. And suddenly you think that doing it was worth it because you got two new clients. But next year you get in, you don't get anybody because it was just, you know, throwing no- darts at a board, you know, right. um, that's just a reality of, of that whole thing. It's just, it's just weird. Um, yeah, uh, overall for me, they're not interesting, but I'm not a competitive person by nature. Like, I don't like having a win. And maybe that's a flaw. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it stresses it's very me out.
0: strange. Um, part, I guess partially because it's so subjective. Art in general is so subjective about choosing a best. Yes. Yep. You know choosing a winner, well, choosing well, I think that the, the things like the uh the
1: top chef and all those things are a big part of that, right like it's become part of all our culture for fashion designers to compete, and it's like what that what the hell does that even mean right know, like like uh it's just it's silly like the whole i feel like the competitive world the whole world has become like running man. <laughs> I mean, maybe it always has, but now with the proliferation of media and social media and and reality TV, it's just like, oh God, not everything is a competition, not everything is a battle to the finish. And I mean, I guess there are elements of that in humanity, and like we all have to compete to survive and survival of the fittest. But just it just feels so primitive to me that it doesn't doesn't feel like it's actually making the world a better place.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I guess I can see yeah i mean again I, I would i would I would stick with what i what I originally said of of, of do, do do the eyes help yeah. uh, does the feedback help, but I yep. wouldn't look at it from the prizes unless you really no. need a new unless the sofa. prizes are really good because yeah, I mean unless you need a new leather chair or something. I mean, I don't know yeah if, if they're that good, maybe like <laughs> <laughs> you know bust out something, come on, justice uh Keith Rivas. Wait, you wanna you wanna do a sponsor before we do that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, who wait, who do we have? We have Squarespace today. Did you okay? I gotta ask you about the I gotta ask you about Parachute. I gotta ask you. Did you at least try them yet?
1: I, I have tried them. We have them next week if you want to ask me. Like we can discuss it right, next
0: week. We'll discuss. Is we'll that discuss. all right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh they're on my bed now though, I will say. All right. Uh all right. Squarespace. Squarespace.com. <laughs> uh on taking pictures is brought to you by squarespace if you have a passion that you obsess over jeffrey do you have a passion that you obsess over uh i obsess
0: over most things
1: he's like i obsess over brushing my teeth
0: the way you build your site (laughs) the way way you you. need no code (laughs) it's gonna look real tight (laughs) with squarespace that's the way it goes anyway i don't know
1: <laughs> if, if it keeps you up at night if it's what you live for if you sh- if you should show it off jeffrey with if, if it's tools what I-, I live for i should show it off oh yeah <laughs> that's that's what that's what squarespace is telling me uh with easy to use tools and templates squarespace websites help you capture every detail of what drives you what were you going to say I'm going to go show it off right now. Okay. <laughs> Just keep your pants on. Hey uh, because if it's now. worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Uh, Squarespace has, has professionally designed... <laughs> <laughs> has, has, has professionally designed templates that look great regardless of your skill level no coding required of course if you want to go in there and use their uh, their developer tools you could do that or somewhere in the middle you could just add a little css to make underlines on your on your on your uh, headings and that kind of stuff that's that's easy to do too uh, they're intuitive and easy to use tools like you know even 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 your uh, older photographer friend who doesn't know how to use a computer can do it too uh, right. You just gotta drag and drop. Drag and, and drop. If you pay for a year, Jeffrey, you get a free domain name when you sign up for a year. So like they'll pay the fifteen, twenty bucks for the domain name and hold on to it for you, which is pretty handy. So go start your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code OTP. <laughs> To get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for on taking pictures. Uh, I use uh, Squarespace for my site. I used it for my wedding site. I use it for the uh, photocomputerguide.com. I, we use it for Aspen and Dan. So, yeah, I really like Squarespace and I use them all the time. And uh, I like not having to worry about my sites.
0: Like I, I wonder used to when the next the big time. revision is going to happen. Squarespace, what would it be, eight? Aren't they on Squarespace, Squarespace seven now? Squarespace eight, yeah. Squarespace eight.
1: It's uh, uh they work hard at Squarespace. They, they they you know you go to their blog and they do keep adding all kinds of features and stuff all the time. You know, right? Uh, they're uh, man, I just can't even imagine what it's like to to work on that kind of code base. You know, like this. It's amazing. Uh, uh,
0: code can be you know, it's frustrating. It can be.
1: Yeah, and now apparently they'll they'll do uh, Squarespace domains. They're going to do domain registration for just general people. So is Which Google. Is,
0: I got a note about yeah, Google. Yeah, Google's got it. that
1: too. It's crazy. Everybody uh, wants,
0: wants to get in on it.
1: I Apparently. Uh, so uh, go check out Squarespace. Uh, thank you for to Squarespace reporting 5 by 5 and not taking pictures. Hey,
0: um, may, may I ask a quick question? Sure. I have a question. You're not going to be able to answer this. I can't answer it, but maybe the listeners can answer it. Okay. Uh, as, as I told you, I'm working in InDesign. And... If any of you listeners are InDesign people, is, is there a way to force, either with a grep style or with a nested style, is there a way to force a soft carriage return, a soft line break um, between styles? I can apply one style, apply another style, apply a third style programmatically, but for whatever reason, I can't force a line break between the two. So if anybody has any, any feedback on that or, or <laughs> tips.
1: This uh, weekend in
0: design, Yeah. Uh, either tweet me at Jeffrey Sidoris or, or email, email me at uh, Sidoris at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I bet there's got to be an answer.
0: It's got to be. I couldn't find it, though. I wanted to throw my computer off the balcony.
1: <clears throat> well, somebody will find it. Uh, anyway. Keith Rivas, this is you.
0: Uh, Keith Rivas.
1: Which is also a pretty cool name. He sounds
0: like a private detective.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's the private dick.
1: Keith Hello, Rivas. Mrs. Baskin.
0: Yeah, my name is Keith Rivas. I'll find your boy. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Before uh, we go look for him, <laughs> that's right. Answer me this question if you can. <laughs> it seems one of the most difficult things to research is licensing images Ugh. from. Def- Yeah, from defining usage and setting terms to pricing. Is there a good resource for this? How about some of the software packages? Are they accurate?
1: Yeah, okay. So, yes, it's true that this is all very hard, especially if you're working with people who don't normally license images or who – Uh, don't have a big budget and want images that they think, oh, you know, we're just this regional furniture company. We just want to use this picture, so why can't we give you $100 for it? Um, Mm -hmm. And and you have to explain to them that it's worth a lot more than that, but there's a number of problems with the way that all this is happening. Yes, it's hard to find the answers. Uh, Yes, a lot of those software packages are fairly accurate for a world that does at some level exist and used to exist. Does that make sense? Where uh, at a certain level, people still make tens of thousands of dollars licensing images, the right image to the right client, right? But But there's also a lot of really small, hey, I have $200. Can I use your image for my album cover kind of stuff going on? Which uh, 20 years ago would never have happened. But now because of the internet and Flickr and Instagram like does happen, right? Right.
0: So, uh, but it Wouldn't is is. Wouldn't ASMP have something. Yeah. They I, think, have they,
1: guides I or something? think they do, or like one of those other photo things. And there are, there are software packages that cost like $600 or a thousand dollars to make estimates of if you're going to be using one image at this size for this many months worldwide, you know, or whatever, you know, the different specs are, you basically like fill out a form and it tells you how much you should charge. The problem is, is that they, they are, uh, uh they're working for a very old school
0: thing. Yeah. See, ASMP has licensing guides and you can, looks like they do have a piece of software called photo quote.
1: Yes, exactly. That's the
0: stuff. 139 bucks. 15% oh, discount is available to ASMP members.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yes. Uh, f- in fact, that price must've come down because it used to be more expensive as I recall. Um,
0: I looks think like photo- there are quite a few things here.
1: I think photo quote, yeah, it's made by another company and then they get a, a deal on it. So, um, so yeah, there are these software companies, although I will tell you that there are times when you bring a number to a client who requested a thing and they just go, what? Are you kidding me? Like it's going to cost me $5,000 for these pictures. And you say yes. And they go, well, my cousin Lemmy is going to do it for $150 and a case of beer. You know, it's like, well, you know, that's just the reality of the modern world. So, Yes, it's very hard. Um yes, these software packages do work. <coughs> um but as far as whether they're accurate, it's it's, you know, it depends on how you see the world, you know. Is 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 the world really a market or is there sort of standards for things, you know? Right. Cuz if it's a market, then the market is changing. If it's standards for things, then yes, they're accurate. That's a a good So how do you what do you do? Uh, uh i get as much money as i can um most of my images (laughs) wait what
0: most of my images uh, i take as much as i can get mister that's my price well
1: okay like there are two different things that happen when somebody contacts me and said like that seth godin image i want to use that for this you know whatever uh conference that he's speaking at or whatever because that happens sometimes um I'll say, well, how big is the conference? Do you have a budget for this kind of thing? So then you get some idea of, you know, if they answer you, they're, if they come back and they go, oh, we didn't really know that we'd have to spend money on it. Well, you know, you kind of know where you're coming at. Um, right. And so, say, let's say you say, well, it'll be $500 or whatever. I'm just throwing out a number. And they yeah. go, oh, well, we really only have 350 And then you have to decide whether you want to push for 500 or say no or take the 350 I mean, all the usual stuff you do when negotiating.
0: Can you um, say, well that's two thirds or whatever. So you can have two thirds of the picture. Yeah, why would you yeah. like it cropped?
1: <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, now, most of the time I can let my agent do that. And that's actually good. Cause I'm really bad at that kind of confrontation. I don't like that kind of thing. Um, and she's good at it and she doesn't care right. about being the bad cop. So that's like why I have her. Um, so when that does happen, yeah, it's easier to let, although there's a lot of times when she'll come up with estimates that I think I'm like, wow, that seems high, but I'm like, well, okay, well, she knows better than i do you know what i mean like and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't and you know and that and that goes back to the whole is it accurate well, who who the hell knows you know? right right what is
0: accuracy anymore yeah exactly. there's so many variables yep, yep yep yeah it
1: used to be a much smaller business you know
0: yeah it is now
1: uh michael All b right. michael b if that's Apparently your it's real possibly name for me uh i feel like i've plateaued three years ago with how i retouch tools that i used to retouch how do you slowly start to implement new tools and actions in your workflow without getting too overwhelmed? I don't use plugins, nor do I wish to start, but I feel my whole workflow from downloading images to the final products is outdated, unrefined, and just plain clunky. I added the plane because it yeah. seemed like it required. Is it.
0: Well, well done. Well chosen. <laughs> uh,
1: I know what workflow works best for me is the one that works. Uh, I know the w- workflow that works best is the one that works for you but it happens you don't have the luxury of knowing what's best for you. Ha ha ha. Um, How how do you feel about the, the, I mean, I I have an answer to this, but like, how do you feel about, um, well, look, you're doing this stuff right now, playing around in in InDesign, laying out your book, right? So, I mean, you're learning new stuff about InDesign in the process of doing it. Uh, Yes. I mean, if the next thing you work on in InDesign, will you have a better workflow for doing it because of doing this? Probably, but
0: with you know, with regard to Photoshop, uh, look, I've been using Photoshop since version three. Yep. So since 1989, 1990, Mm -hmm. and there are lots of things that I do differently now than I did then. Well, yeah, sure. Um, You know, layers. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) actually, number version three was layers, right? Uh, yeah, version three was later, but you know, uh, uh, working non-destructively was a mm-hmm. big change. Mm-hmm. Um, not using some of the standard tools like the dodge and burn tool, but using, using soft light or, or overlay layers, uh, with, you know, painting with black and white to do non-destructive dodge and burn. Yep. Um, you know, uh, uh it, it just, it, I think that you need to. Figure out where you feel like you're spending too much time, and see if there are alternatives. Where you feel like your yeah, your yeah. post processing is lacking, uh, the way you retouch skin, for example, if you're a, if you're a portrait or a fashion photographer. Does that work for you? Look at some of the other people that are doing it. See if their methods are faster, yield better results.
1: Yeah. Or they might be, they may yield better results, but they're a lot slower. But maybe that's a worthwhile thing where you say, okay, it's not going to take me a half an hour to do a picture anymore. It's going to take me three hours because I'm going to get anal about, you know. Um, I think there's also. let's just use it as a, uh, as an example. Like if you, if, if you realize that, that you're not happy with the way uh, uh hair is, well, maybe on the next one, you decide to work s- specifically on that air er- to improve that area. And you go do research of like, well, how do people mask this out or deal with this mm-hmm. level of, you know, frizziness or, Oh, they use like a darkened mode on a darkened background to get rid of the blonde hairs or, you know, so they're not like right. painting over like whatever the, the, the new little tool is. Although, I mean, it goes like like he said, if it works for you, it's fine. I I think that there are plenty of things I've watched photographers who I respect who are really good do things in ways that make me that make me cringe. But it's how they've done it for 15 years and it works for them. You know, mm-hmm. I said, the mm-hmm. thing about photography, it's like, you know, you were talking about the dodging and burning oh, or, or you could have a soft light with black and white on it, or you could have a separate curves layer that you're masking in. or you could, I mean, there's a hundred different ways you could, you right. could uh, overlay another version of it with multiply and mask that in. And that gives you a slightly different effect or a way to do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think the trick is to find the places where you don't think, look at people whose work you respect and, Figure out what they're doing better than you. Better being in quotes, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, oh, I really like the way Jeffrey d- deals with skin over there. Like, how's he doing that? And try to figure it out, or it's email Jeffrey and ask him how he does his skin. That stuff happens. Right. I do that. Right. Um, and uh, and
0: and you learn new things, you know. Um, and and don't discount uh, plugins or actions or anything like that out of hand. No there are some terrific pieces of software out there. You yeah. know, I, I, I remember when I was when I was teaching Photoshop, I spent, you know, 45 minutes converting an image to black and white because I was using channel mixer and masking and, and, you know, doing this sort of very sophisticated black and white conversion. And at the end of it, you know, a couple people were like, well, isn't there a plug-in for this? Yes. Yeah.
1: And you're you know, like, oh, it, if you want to be all new and fancy, <laughs> people with your cars but, and your...
0: There is, if we're talking about black and white, Silver Effects, for example, yep. is a fantastic black yep. and white conversion plugin. It's terrific. You know, so there mm-hmm. are occasions where, where actions or plugins or shortcuts that you maybe are too much of a purist to think about. Could actually help get you close, not final, but could get you closer to the mark and save you some time and effort.
1: Well, yeah, and and it also depends, like, why you're in it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are things I'm sure I could turn into actions to improve my speed and productivity, but like, I almost enjoy the meditative nature of doing some element of the
0: stuff that I do. You know what I mean? Um, so that, but, there's also and, well, you bring up a good point. It it may get to a point where you know, you have to make some concessions. Maybe you get a job where you go, I've got to do 42 portraits and I've only got 36 hours to turn them around. Right. I got to figure out
1: a way to get that luxury. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you do have to start thinking about different ways of doing things and, and, and how to speed up your workflow because, you know, it, as much as it's a sort of a cliche that time is money, time is money. Mime is money. Yeah.
1: Hey, you you know, well, even like what you just said before about InDesign, you you're hit a wall and you're asking for help. You wouldn't have thought a month ago that this is the wall that you would hit. It's sort of like I, I am very much a fan of work on the project as you want to do and then figure out where you hit a wall and go, oh, shoot, how do I get past this? Right. And then figure out the answer, and like in figuring out the answer, you're gonna a lot of times you'll go, "Oh, I see how
0: this whole right, right. stuff." And I mean, I've I've figured out a workaround. It's not the way that I I wanted to do it. It's not even right. the way that I think it should work. Yeah. But there's a workaround, and it's fine. And yeah. and you know, accepting that that it may not go exactly according to plan is part of any sort of creative endeavor. And I think it's part of the fun of it for me. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, it's funny, like, uh, like uh, you know when you use uh, like a lighten or darken layer in Photoshop and you get, you know, only part of the top layer shows through. Right. I always wanted to find a way to grab the result of a blending mode as a mask. So... If it's just grabbing, say, the grout of a of of a brick wall because that's all that shows through because it's lighter than the thing below it. Make a mask of that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse and, me. and I've yet to find a way to do it. And I've asked, like, Julianne Cost and, like, all these, like, Photoshop gurus. And they go, yeah, I don't know of a way to do it. I'm like, oh, that would be such a cool little, like, useful thing every once in a while to, right. you know, it's like, right. I know how to get this selection. It's the stuff that comes out when I do this blending mode. But, like, there's no way to grab a selection from a blending mode result, you know, or whatever the thing is. And there's probably t- four-tenths of or, or four-fifths of our audience right now who are going, I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, and, that, and that, you know, that's a thing.
0: Um, hey, Sahitas, another, another, another one from cr- Saeedis. another one for both of you. This is a good another one. Another one for both of you. Uh, it, if you could travel back in time. Yeah. Take one camera. I, I can do both of those things, so sure. What, what era... Uh, slash historical event would you visit to document and what camera would you take?
1: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Camera wise, I think anybody would have to have a really good reason not to bring a modern camera. (laughs) You know, because they are better in so many versatile ways than older cameras. Mm -hmm. As far as like, not knowing what you're getting into and and being able to get the picture that you want to get, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, give me a, give me an eight ten or a five DSR. Um, I don't know. I'd I'd maybe want to go back to the battlefield and and Hastings ten sixty six. That'd be kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. like the beginning of the British Empire. That would be uh, pretty hardcore. I mean, the problem is that would you want to go back to any time that that already had photography? You know, I, would you go back to Normandy? No. You know?
0: Right. No. I would take a Nikon F or an F2. Yeah, to where? Because they can function without batteries, and they're Ooh, probably – good point. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't need a battery then. Yep. Um, I would probably go back 10 or 15 years and take more pictures of my parents.
1: Oh, you'd go there. So you're going to go all sentimental. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Why do
0: we not knowing take- knowing what I know now I would I would insist especially my mom I would insist on I would insist on more pictures of mom.
1: Why don't we take more pictures? Even this weekend I think I took two or three pictures of me and Conrad and my mom or Conrad and my mom or you know I actually didn't I don't know that I took any pictures of just me and my mom. Yeah. Um I guess we don't we tend not to do that, you know. Um or like we said we tend to do it and then we don't uh do anything with those pictures. You know, right. we, we stick right. them up on a computer, and it's one of four hundred thousand pictures that came <laughs> out. You know, a friend a friend of mine's having a second baby. Who's having a second baby? It was somebody I was talking to. Anyways, pregnant again, second baby, and they're already worried about the fact that they're not going to be taking as many pictures of the second baby. And I was like, "Yep, just, you know, that's like that's the classic reality." But hmm. uh, but I, but it's probably even worse nowadays. Because the first baby got ten thousand pictures in the first year and a half. Right, right. Second baby's gonna get six. <laughs> like the ratio's the ratio's <laughs> wow. gonna go down, you know? Uh, the bloom is off the rose. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I could see that. I, I was thinking more historical.
0: Yeah. If it's historical, I hmm.
1: I might go Would it be fun to go back and like take pictures of your grandfather? Like with that kind of thing, like like something you wouldn't have been there for, but is still like somewhere between you and I. You
0: like ride I mean? ride one of the uh, one of the yeah. Pacific Electric trolleys and and photograph him <laughs> driving the trolley. Yeah, that would be yeah. cool.
1: You know, act I mean, like you're a reporter event, from like, Life Magazine.
0: <laughs> yeah, big historical event. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because there, you, you look at so many historical events that there are pictures of and go, I I couldn't do any better than that. That was, that was pretty good. I, you know, what am I going to get that's different than than that? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I would love to have been at having now read it aloud several times. I would love to have been at the Gettysburg address.
1: Yeah. You know, I went to Gettysburg last summer And there's some argument over where the address actually was. Like there's a park that's like the Gettysburg, whatever park that is supposedly where the address was. But then there's people who say, no, it wasn't actually there. It was actually over here on this hill within the cemetery Hmm. that, that people have triangulated based upon trees in pictures over the years. And, and now it's actually, they think that the, the bandstand, the stage he was on was actually on a slight like hill in uh over the fence in a, a graveyard that's next door to the park
0: uh so uh, yeah, hey speaking of cool. gettysburg yep. uh we're gonna go to gettysburg i think over the fourth of july there's a there's oh. an enormous yeah, uh just, just be warned
1: there's gonna be billions of people and you're not gonna be able to really get around just you know yes it's fun the reenactment the
0: reenactments yeah would that be a fun meetup
1: uh it would be a chaotic meetup I thousands mean, th- of people there yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Is it is it like is it like uh like Coachella for history nerds?
1: Yes, yeah. And and the problem with the problem with Gettysburg is that it's just state roads that go out there. Oh, see what I'm saying? It's not like you get off the highway and you're at the big giant thing. It's like it's just a park in the middle of nowhere. You know, so there's going to be traffic jams and nowhere to park and yeah, it's probably a it, it would be a good place to have a meetup but just not on 4th of July. You know? Hmm. What I mean? Like, I went there on, I guess actually it was, it was the 2nd of July or something, but it had rained and they had canceled all of the crazy festivities because of the rain on the fields or moved them a week out or whatever it is. So it wasn't it's that busy when I was there. Of people though, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Way what you, too many people. I guess you, can, what do you, have, you, you can't have to, enjoy it, right? You know what I mean? At that oh, level. really? Okay. Because it's, it's the kind of place that's better, I think, in my opinion, when there's less people there and you can actually kind of imagine... Being out of the field, as opposed to a bunch of people. Hey, Jimmy, why don't you take a picture of me? You know. By the way, my mother was telling me. (laughs) Is that really how it goes? Yeah. In uh. Look, I'm over here in Sharpshooters Corner. Um. (laughs) My my my. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: uh, That's a that's a title right there. Yeah. (laughs) It is uh uh she was telling me how many uh how many people in Thailand she's like especially like chinese nationals uh d- crazy selfie addicts
0: oh really yeah with the with the selfie sticks yeah, and all that
1: yeah she's like they'll sit there for 25 minutes like preening themselves taking selfies in front of you know temples in in mm. in in the middle of the jungle and stuff and she's just like She was like, it was, and now granted my mother's 68 years old is, but you know, but like to her, it was just like, what is wrong with you? You know, like, like, this is not what this is about. And what are you doing with these pictures? Who cares? You know? Uh, But it's just interesting, like seeing another, like a generational shift. I I wonder, I wonder if the people who are doing that stuff now in 15, 20 years when they're adults with kids and whatever it is, are going to look back and go, Oh, I was just a stupid teenager. Or if that's going to pervade and become a re like just a normal part of society. You know,
0: I hope it's not a normal part of society. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, this one, me, Jeremy Bryant. This is you. Uh, in regards to uh, photography and trying to build a business, whether through art sales or commissioned editorial work, do you believe it is better to be well-regarded or well-recognized? Oof. For example, Terry Radcliffe, Terry Richardson are probably both well-recognized, but not so much well-regarded. Well, some people well-regard Terry Richardson's work. I I personally don't, but uh, whereas Alex Soth or Martin Parr might be more well-regarded than recognized. Uh, This kind of gets back to the other question uh, about uh, what makes a good photographer. Obviously, they're both doing well in their respective fields, and some would say both are doing uh, both uh, well-regarded and well-recognized, so they may not be the best examples, but I'm curious what you guys think about uh one quality is better than the other or to put it another way is one quality more valuable than the other well it depends what your goal is if I, your goal is money you yes. want to be the million dollar photographer
0: yeah i i would rather be the musicians musician
1: yeah yeah i but you, you but, want but be, i would you want like to be the, big star who's or, or the replacements
0: no i i but then again there's there are crossovers you know there's yep. sting who is widely regarded as an incredible player but he's also incredibly popular. Yep. Yeah, sure. But then mm-hmm. there's like Pat Matheny or sure. you know some I don't know. Uh I I would I would rather be well regarded than well recognized as a general rule.
1: I agree. Um but you but you know' one again it's it comes down to your goals if, if if what you're looking to do is make a lot of money, then recognition and press and p r is is where it goes I mean you know what you know who has like the best p r person uh Amy Schumer she is everywhere all the time, like every uh yeah i like, fan of her cover. comedy. I'm not either,
0: and that's kind of like what the, I. She's like the the comedy it girl right now, and I, I just I don't think she's that funny. God, she's huge,
1: I mean, or yeah. rather,
0: she f- it feels it looks
1: like she's huge. You know, I mean, I'm sure she yeah. is. Um, like, I don't I don't know what shows are big or whatever. I don't I don't watch a lot of comedy, so I, I don't know. But uh, man, she's got a good good PR person. Um, does that answer that one, or do you want to go deeper?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's you know, there there are those people who who crossed over. I mean, you could you could argue that it was a it was a marketing, not stunt, but uh, it was a marketing campaign that really brought Avidon into the public eye with uh, the um, Nastasia Kinski poster.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know that poster sold like five million copies. Sure, yep. um, and it had his name on every poster. You know, Nastasia and the Serpent by Richard Avidon. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a chance for both, but I certainly, for me anyway, would, would, would rather be respected by my peers than have 40 million Twitter followers. Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: Cause you can buy Twitter followers if you really want them. (laughs) Right. Um, what's, what's Greg have to ask?
0: Uh, Greg. The biggest challenge I face is consistency and maintaining a just do it attitude right there with you, Greg. Uh, my painting and photography tends to come in fits and starts right there with you as well. Deadlines help. Movies like Pollock help. Pressfield books help. Visiting museums help. But I still find myself talking about what's next instead of just. Putting brush to paint or eye to viewfinder, Greg. You and I should go bowling, man. Um, the idea of a 365 project seems simultaneously horrifying and inspiring. <laughs> yes. It, wait, is it, is this a joke? Is there really? Did you? Real, are you Greg? Am I Greg? <laughs> Do I? Did I write this? Uh, I know Bill has cited it as a game changer for neuroses <laughs> and complacency slash artist block. How do you maintain a steady effort and avoid getting lost in your own mental quicksand?
1: The times that I've done projects like that, and I've done my fair share, um, it didn't feel like work. I wanted to do the next one. Uh,
2: um
0: but that's kind of that's kind of your thing, right? You well, you have never really liked assignments. You have never really liked being told this is what you have to do. Yeah. You're much more creative and much more.
1: I want to make my uh, own. Prolific, or, yeah. I, you know, when I said, you
0: are in the in the driver's seat.
1: Well, I had I had uh, I had dinner last night with uh, with my friend Bunchem, who is uh, a chef at a, a restaurant called Talde in my neighborhood, and he's like he's been on not Top Chef. What's the uh, There's another one. That he's been on um top chef no some other one like that uh not chef. chopped she was on, he was on chopped chopped was, on the food network um ah. so he's like one of those guys right and um <clears throat> i said to bun i you know because we were talking about cooking because they came over and i cooked for bun which is really weird and scary um but and I said to him I said you know that they they made a joke cuz they apparently they need somebody on their line tomorrow and he's just like and his his fiance was like oh let's let's have bill go like be on the line he's like oh I'll put you on like salad prep and I was like no thank you you know like the idea of cooking on a deadline and like next 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 like that just terrifies me and I said to bun I said I know you do it every day and it's high stress and whatever I said but how do you keep yourself from just getting bored, plating and finishing and prepping the same twenty dishes over and over and over again for weeks or months or years, you know, I mean, because that's what his job at the end of the line is to like, you know, finish everything and like, you know, right. be the last arbiter. And he said he's he's like he he sees it as a constant uh, uh, attempt for perfection that I didn't do this this dish as well next time next order that comes up that one's going to be perfect. And even hmm. if that one is close to perfect he's like, "You know, that was pretty good, but I can do it better." And right. like, that's the way that he saw it. And and I guess what I the, the reason I bring this story up is just to say that I think oftentimes the work doesn't feel like work because you're not thinking about it that way, you know? Right. Like for him, yes, his hand is doing that motion and yes, it probably aches his arm or whatever it is. Or, or, you know, is he sick and tired of chopping up broccoli or whatever it is? I'm sure he is, but he doesn't think about it. Cause it's just what he has to do to get to that perfection. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I haul all my crap to some place to take a picture of somebody for some magazine, it's like do I like the hauling 30 pounds of stuff on my back? No. But I almost don't even think about it anymore. It's just sort of like I got to get there to take that picture and I'm there to take the picture.
0: Um do you do you feel like you are as prolific as you need to be, should be, could be? Um even
1: when I was shooting P- portrait a day for that kind of stuff, I felt like I could do more. So, yeah, I guess I'm not as prolific as I could be or want to be. And prolific, I just mean, by that I mean, do I shoot as much as I want to shoot? No. But the the limiting factor is not me wanting to shoot. It's finding new good subjects and actually taking the time to take the kind of picture I want. Like, the pictures that I want to take now take more time than just meeting up with somebody and taking some portraits, you know? Right. So, so there's like a limiting factor in, I can't do those things every single day. I just, I can't get enough people in enough locations and organizing time and getting the gear there and the weather. And, you know, so it's like those things that slow me down. And that frustrates me all the time. I Mm -hmm. would love to be doing stuff every single day, but it's like, it's hard finding people every day. And then on the flip side of that, it's like, well, I still need to make a living. So if I just say, Hey, we're going to take portraits. I need people for portraits and you can use them forever. Do you want? Like then I'm taking a whole bunch of stuff for free and I can't pay my rent, you know? So there's, there's like both sides of that. You kind of got to like weigh it. But, um, but I, Mm. I guess is if, if, if it's hard to get started or hard to keep going and, and I get that too. And I mean, you, as you said, when you were reading the question, you get that, um, feel that way. Um, I, I feel like, then you're not you're not in the groove yet. You know when you're in the right. groove, it it shouldn't be hard to start. And but it, like not how many people are actually in the groove all the time. You know I mean there's the famous stories of uh, uh uh what's his name um Stephen King and he goes and he writes two hours every morning and you know whatever the you know the the anecdotes are about sure insert artist here um. It doesn't matter whether he wants to paint. He pulls out a brush and he paints, you know, or composes or writes or takes pictures and and there's certain value to that. And and I'll do that sometimes, you know, like the uh, like Iran came over and we took those pictures because I was like, "Hey, I want to try doing that kind of stuff. Hey, bug, right. you want to come over on Thursday?" Sure. You know what I mean? Like it was that's just like messing around, having fun. Um I don't know. Do, do you feel like if you force yourself to write or paint or whatever. Are you as satisfied with the results as when you are inspired to do that thing without
0: having to sort it, of think your way into it? It depends. Yeah. Um, it depends. Sometimes I will, cause I like whenever I go down into the city, I always have my camera with me. Right. If I leave the house by and large, I've got my camera with me um, just in case. Cause I never know. Um, and I've, I have ended up with some, some pretty cool stuff when I didn't really plan to go out shooting, but I saw something that, you know, was interesting. Yeah. Um, the, the, the painting part, it, because there are so many steps and so many layers and so many sort of little convoluted, uh, processes to get a piece start to finish. I can't really just impulsively go paint.
1: Right, which is because similar I, to the I, stuff that I'm doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've got to plan it out. I've got to find elements, and yeah. and now I can do the backgrounds. I can do the 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 substrate part of it. That is is impulsive. That is is very much uh, um, by chance. But I need to know where it's going to go. Yeah, and there have been a couple paintings where I I did plan on doing something i planned on doing so, sort of a a a mixed media piece or or you know some sort of narrative piece but i was so stoked at where the background was going that it just became an abstract without anything else it just i stopped at the background i didn't yeah. want to lay anything over on top of it
1: how is your uh your skill with like actual like painting illustration as a part, as far as like structure, you know, if you, if you wanted to paint a still life of flowers, like, do you have the, do you have the skills to do that kind of thing? Oh yeah. Cause you, yeah. you I tend mean, to do abstract or like found art kind of like,
0: I tend know. to do a lot more abstract stuff, but all of the, you know, like high school and college, I was an illustrator. That was, yeah. you know, that's do you where not enjoy I, enjoy doing that anymore. Uh, I enjoy doing it quite a bit. Um, I don't do it a lot, but I think the last still life actual painting that I did um, probably 2012. Um, it was a, a coffee cup, a pill bottle, and a cardboard box that I just set up a few things. The light was really cool in, in, in the front room. And I yeah. thought, well, this is kind of neat. And I just did this quick little little sketch and then yeah. painted it. Yeah. I like it. I like... If, if I were going to be a still-life painter, it would be, very much like I just described, a series of mundane objects. That's what I enjoy painting in terms of realism. I enjoy painting, you know, things that you might find around your house. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, um, a... <laughs> how, how are we doing on time? No, we're fine. We're an hour and twenty minutes, so we're good. We're gonna, we're gonna go through these next five, and we'll be good. Okay. Um, yeah. It's uh, I just in in the same way that you said that, like, oh, it's nice to see you doing something different. When I did the the news stuff the other day, it'd be fun to see you actually do some uh, like street painting as something different to maybe break things open for you.
0: You know. Uh, I can do that. Yeah, just the an life and and uh, yeah, I can yeah. I can do that. That might be fun. Uh, Jim
1: McNulty, Bill. What kind of Adcom preamp died? I have a very underutilized GFP five fifty five that I can make available on the cheap if that's your need. Uh, Jim, I had a GFP seven fifty, uh, which suddenly stopped turning on. Um, and I thank you for your offer. Uh, but I have recently, uh, um, updated, uh, or swapped out my preamp for an emotiva uh control freak which is a completely passive volume control with balanced cables on both ends that go from straight from my cd player straight into my power amp i got it last night so nice. it's basically is it's, that the black one the neural the, yeah finish? the black thing that we, you and i yeah, were talking that about cool. last week that's a cool one um so it was 50 dollars, and it is all it is is a stereo pot that just is passive and just goes in there and turns down the voltage you know how much does it weigh is it, is it pretty, pretty uh, robust? I mean, it's not like, you know, Oh, it's heavy to lift, but it's, no. you know, it's, it's, is it's it going to slide around on a desk. No, it's not going to slide around on a desk. It's nice. it's heavy enough. Um, I just got it last night. I hooked it up. It sounds fine. I mean, it sounds like a passive thing. If you like the sound of an active preamp to give it a little oomph for a little like transient response, then this might not be the thing for you, but I'm also my preamp and my power amp are both balanced. So I'm getting a lot higher voltage anyway, because the signal's a lot hotter. Um, I played with it last night, listened to it a little bit during dinner and it sounded great. So, um so yeah, so that's what I'm using. Uh but it's kind of cool, like a little just a little little thing. How much of any editing do you do to the show past the initial clip you add in and laying the ending
0: over the s- song over things?
1: Uh little to none.
0: That's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as o- dopey as we are, that's what you get.
1: Occasionally one of us when we finish will go, "You know what? I didn't like what I said about such and such." Yep. Can we kill that? Um, and we'll go back, but that's maybe five or 10 times over the course of 208 episodes. Um, yeah.
0: it's rare. Uh, there, and there, even then been a couple of times that we've dropped out. One of us has dropped out. Yeah. 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 And we, you, like I've recorded, you've had to cut in, you know, the, my side or I've had, you know, you've had to cut in your side from my recording or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Very, very rarely.
1: Um, yeah. Most of the time it's just sort of, Find the top and the tail because it's, it's a conversation and that's – when when you chop it up too much, it stops being a conversation. Uh, by the way, there was a really good uh, 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 Terry Gross – what is that? Fresh Air with mm-hmm. Questlove on stage. Oh, yeah. in an interview with Questlove the other day. So if you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it. It's pretty cute. Uh, how many downloads do we get per week? What are we at? I have
0: no idea. It depends on the week. It's, I don't know, anywhere from 7 to 12,000. Yeah. It's yeah. all over, the, you know, some, yeah. some weeks it's lower, some weeks it's higher.
1: It's weird. I, sometimes I look at that and I go, are we doing something differently on the weeks we get more things or is it just sort of like, well, people are busy cause it's Christmas season or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and any tweets from Ann Curry lately. No, episode 22 was a good one. Bill was ranting. Uh, you know, I haven't shot Ann Curry yet, although she and I do occasionally email, and keep trying to set up a time and then she's always busy. It's happened like five or six times now in the course of two years. Um, but uh, on my chalkboard next to me, it still says in a weird little corner, it says Anne Curry. So she's nice. still on my board. So I will make it happen eventually.
0: Uh, uh, Jorge G- George or Jorge in Madrid. Jorge, HDR yeah. photography has a parentheses bad reputation <laughs> for delivering unrealistic, sometimes oversaturated, uh, sometimes too flat images My own experience is not a particularly good one. However, most photographers would be enthusiastic about any camera that promised two extra stops of dynamic range. As far as I know, HDR should be able to give similar or even better results for static images. Where's the problem? Is it only that people don't know how to use it or is there another difference that makes it hard to do well?
1: There are pictures that are taken with HDR that you probably wouldn't know are taken
0: mm-hmm.
1: using HDR taken. It can be done very, very well. Yep. It can be done seamlessly, so it looks like just a really well. I think part of it is that as good as cameras are and as good as your eyes are about having a real wide dynamic range, sometimes it feels weird seeing an image that is has detail all the way through the shadows, all the way into the highlights. It's almost like it feels unreal because our brain doesn't register it that way. Even in real world, it might even be more than you normally see with your eyes and therefore right. it feels
0: artificial. Yeah. I think that's often the case. We don't yeah. see that way. Things do go to shadow. Things do blow out.
1: Yeah. I, I have used it before. Occasionally I'll bracket when working on like a weird composite kind of thing. Cause I don't know how much I'm going to get out of this or where the problems are going to be. And uh, I, I will bracket and then use them as an HDR layer in a like a composite just so i know that i have detail in the shadows that isn't going to be too uh, noisy or whatever it is but like sensors keep getting better and so now you have you know you you used to have 10 stops and now you have 14 stops so it's like well do you need hdr as much i think that like really trey Radcliffey overly done landscape stuff to me i I i'm over that look and have Mm -hmm. been for a while right but i thought it was neat when i first saw it you know? See, I never I never really liked it.
0: Yeah. It always felt very ham-fisted. And... It, it
1: feels like an illustration to me more than a photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, and when I say when I first saw it, I mean like in 2008, you know, like when that stuff first started becoming anything. I think doing it now is just a little too much. I think it's, it's harder to use those techniques and have them be... Um, I think if you're just using, say, Photoshop or Lightroom to do an HDR shot versus using was it photomatics? Photomatics, yeah. Is that what people use. Um then I think you tend to have a more natural look with less of the crazy haloing around everything and yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. Uh Matthew Austin, I was wondering if there is in still photography some sort uh, some kind of analog to the experience in music when you have a piece that has been building and building and hinting at a theme until finally forcefully triumphantly fulfills the theme. And as a listener, you get the rush of hearing everything finally come together. Uh, that's something more uh, than if you had only heard this final resolution on its own. Uh, do you think there's some ways a photographer to build to this or the limitations of the medium make it somewhat unsuited for this kind of experience? Thoughts?
0: Oh, I think it can happen. I think it can it can happen in the way a curator stages or hangs a show.
1: Um, yeah, but in a single image?
0: Uh, I don't know that there's... That's, it's the I thing about photography, right? Is, is that, that what he's asking? A, is it a, still a single image?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's ultimately a flat. Yeah, yeah of course. You're right. Like in a, in a larger story. But even then, that's
0: harder to do. I mean, it, the image, special you're, you're, taking, you're taking the image in all at once. Yeah, exactly. It would, you know, you're not, you're not listening to, you know, it's, it's not sequential or, or serial yeah. like a piece of music. Um, I don't that, know that you could that, do it in that's a both image. that's
1: both its power and its weakness right Photography. right yeah I mean that that
0: that
1: it is a, limit, a limitation of the medium in the sense that you get you get one
0: shot You got one shot, mean, shot do not right. take it. don't don't throw away your shot yeah uh I wonder if you could is, is there a way that through lighting through through the way a single and it would have to be likely a large photograph is hung could could lighting expose more or less of an image you know what i mean like like if you're in let's say a dark room and you've got this enormous let's say i don't know i don't know pick a pick a picture a Bertinsky picture or something like something really large and it's lit in such a way that the light moves across the image lighting it up gradually so yeah. you're able to experience the image in in almost in waves. Would that would be, be kind of interesting. Would
1: there be music uh, rising up underneath it? Maybe. Uh, I, you know, one place that where it does can happen, you know, those like pictures, who's the guy who makes things that look like a checkerboard. And then you look and it's actually all the stuff in the pictures arranged in such a way that from this particular perspective, it looks like a checkerboard. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. black and white shots. I always forget yeah, that yeah, guy's yeah. name, but um, there's those kinds of things where it's almost an optical illusion. And then when you see the illusion, you go, Oh, that's pretty cool. Right. You know, so maybe that's yeah, an I, element of it. I, I don't, don't know.
0: know. I don't not in a single image. I think in in the way a show is like I'll go back to that. In the way a show is hung or a way a book yep. is laid yep. out or or something like that.
1: And even then I don't think it is at the same level as I mean that's that's where music is uh, unique. Right. In that sort of because it's through time. It's the same thing. I mean, you could do it in moving picture, you could do it in a movie. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's what movies are all about. So maybe it requires that dimension of time to make that work.
0: Right. Uh, Emmett. Emmett, how often do you and Jeff Sidoris interact with students of art, not art students? What have you learned from them? Well,
1: I think we interact with them all, uh, all the, the time. time. <laughs>
0: yeah, all the time. Uh, what have you learned? Uh, Jesus, too many things to mention. Well, I think I all li- the listeners li- of li- our show are. Yeah. Everybody Students who listens, art. you're, you're a, a student of art. Anybody who makes something, whether it's in the studio or in the kitchen or in, in the classroom, you're, you're, you're a student of art. Uh, what have you, and, you know, I have too many things to mention, what we've learned. I learn all the time. I learn something new every day.
1: Yep. Uh, and Chris Connors, to finish this up, who came in just under the line before the show, Right. Uh, can being too prolific be a problem? Do you think there's a danger of your work becoming diluted if you ship a huge volume of work, even if any reasonable standard, it's all really good? Or is it just a personal bias against overachievers? <laughs> uh, if someone posts too many photos, is there a danger that people might really stop stop really looking at each one? I'm asking for a friend. Um, I, I think that there are people who have opinions about this. Both ways, right? You know, I mean, there's the people who get back from vacation and put 756 pictures of the Taj Mahal on their Twitter on their right. Flickr feed.
0: Yeah, I think these are being too prolific and posting too many photos. I think those can be two different issues.
1: Yes, yeah. You could shoot a lot. I think you need to edit before you share. Right. But I, but, but there are people who I, you could share f- two images a day, and somebody will say, "Oh, that's too many," and somebody else will say, "Why don't you show me more?" So. Right. I think there's orders of magnitude in there where people have differing
0: opinions. But yeah, I think, I think you can, you can share too much. Um, you know, I don't think you need to post but for me, if I'm looking through, uh, um, an Instagram feed or, or Facebook or, you know, G plus or whatever, and somebody's posting like 15 photos, well, I, I put it in a gallery. Yep. or you know don't don't take up 15 singular spots in my feed because yeah then i have to scroll through more and more and more and i'm not probably going to give each of them the time that it deserves because that's not why i'm using that particular medium
1: yeah yeah and you could also i guess set it up to be one of those like like scheduling things and you know i mean there's ways to be yeah more, use like more organized uh, buffer or anal about or that stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah iftt or something yeah it's just um Yeah. I don't know. Is is shooting too much is, is, is danger of, I think showing too much work can be, I mean, there's an example, right? Like where, I mean, that gets back to the, the series question up top where it's like, well, you know, Dan Winters puts out a single portrait of, you know, Cumberbatch or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, do I want to see 10 pictures that he took on that setting with just Cumberbatch in slightly different poses? No, I'd rather him choose the really good one that he likes and have it be.
0: This is the image we shot that day
1: um, sure I mean it's 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 subjective
0: in that it's dependent on the subject,
1: yeah, but there are plenty of people who would say, "No, I want to see all of those pictures, so right. I guess you have to figure out what your audience is, and you're going to piss off some people and make other people happy, and that's just a reality, you know I mean it's the same with with you and your the way you talk about certain Instagram photographers that you follow that 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 are giving you a bunch of the same thing you're look, you're going to them because they're giving you a feed of the same thing yes where there's other photographers who might look at instagram and go oh, i'm sick and tired of seeing the same pictures of the dogs or street f- photos you right. know what i mean like right. show me something different i don't um, i don't
0: need to see rundown theaters again, again. and again yeah, right yeah, where somebody yeah. else is just
1: like oh my god i love the rundown theaters instagram <laughs> <for> feed." right <laughs> um so yeah you know yeah i don't know about that one that's a tough one yeah. Hey uh what what did people do for their uh um for the on the uh the assignment for last week? How did uh, we do?
0: lots of of you know as as is often the case lots of really good stuff. Um what I was surprised by <clears throat> and I continue to be Actually, I'm not surprised by it anymore. Hold on. I got I got a cough for a second. <clears throat> that was Pardon nice. me. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Can you take that out? I will try. You don't have to. Leave it in. What the hell? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, lots of interpretations. Tom from Michigan posted one of his dad. Uh, and it's a, it's a cool little story. He's, a, he's holding his Argus C3 that he got when he was 12 years old in 1941. Um, uh, like many of us, he has not shot film in a long time. Rather, he has embraced the transition to digital and shoots regularly with his iPhone 6. That's kind of a neat interpretation of of transition
1: yeah absolutely i i well he he sent us a, a an email about that one didn't he mm
0: hmm uh
1: or or a voicemail rather voicemail yeah where where yeah he was talking about that and so it's yeah i th- i think that that's well that's the good kind of transition Aw, Argus. uh
0: william Matthew, uh transition in the first half of this year i've watched cancer treatments humble my dad at outpatient surgery turn you know th- th- that's a that's a deeper that's a deeper interpretation of it and, yeah. uh, I feel you, man. I feel where you're at. Both of us yeah. do. Yeah. Both of and,
1: us do. Uh, uh, and Jennifer showing transition into spring, like, right. You know, this is what we were, we were talking about before the show, just like the change of seasons and how that transition between that or David Lawrence has the transition. He's got his new job at the university of Michigan, you know?
0: Um, yeah, really, uh, really interesting stuff. And, and a, a lot of, uh, a lot of thought into into this one i, I appreciate the, that you guys. what is the james taylor uh, line you know the secret
1: of life is enjoying the passage of time uh i don't know that one what is that yeah from? it's it's from jt the album jt yeah i think it's called the secret of life is the name of the song but like it's 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 i, I always i always try to think back to that line as as silly and trite as it's it it can sound as whenever I'm upset about something or something's changing and I don't want it to change or I'm getting older or, you know what I mean? My relationship with somebody is shifting or whatever. It's like, well, no, I mean, all of that's going to happen. So you got to find ways to, to, to experience those things in a way that, 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 that make your life more interesting. Sometimes at like my most sort of nihilistic times, I say, you know, why should I bother picking up the camera? I'm just going to take another picture today. Like, what's another picture? I got tons of pictures, you know. Well, and, and why bother
0: eating? You're just going to get hungry again.
1: Well, that's yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And but the, but there's there is a certain sense of, you know what? No, because you never know. Every experience is going to be different than the last in some small way. Um, I'm not saying it's a rational thought. I'm just saying that, you know, you sort of get into these uh, places in your head. Sometimes it's trouble. Hey, um, did you see
0: this Bruce Davidson thing? Uh, I don't know that I did. May fourth, uh New York Public Library. Is, is it gonna Davidson? be
1: May the fourth be with you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to go.
1: Uh I I uh yeah, I could totally go. That's uh tomorrow. I could do that. I know how to do that.
0: I know how to get there. <laughs> I know how to get there. All right, so we need uh we need a a, a tag for for uh today. You still, oh,
1: we're still, we're still in the thing. What do, you, what do you want to try?
0: We're still in the thing. What we're still mean? doing the show.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, how about um,
0: liquids? I think we've done that. Have we? Okay. Uh, it's hard to come up
1: with ones we haven't done. We've done so many now.
0: Yeah, It's true. It's true. So let's see. Uh, transition... Um, you know what? Let's do it. An- We've been talking about still lifes. So I know we probably have done one, but let's let's do another still life.
1: Okay, still life, it is.
0: Yeah, uh, I took a still. Maybe life- I'll maybe I'll paint one for it. Oh, that would be fun.
1: I took a still life last week that I haven't done anything with. Maybe I can. Uh...
0: All right, so still life for this week, uh, and you found a terrific uh, photographer of the week. I did uh, Maurice Tabard. Maurice Tabard. So good, isn't it? Hello, Maurice. By the way,
1: I saw somebody the other day who was uh was, some uh, people call him Maurice. Said something about Duano, and I was just ah! like And I was just like, "Oh, Robert
0: Duano." Well, and, and Millie left us a voicemail for the for the 4th anniversary show. Oh yeah, yeah. That was terrific. It's so good. Uh this guy's good. Uh, surrealist, yeah. huh?
1: Yeah, French photographer 1897 to 1984. Guy uh guy had a long life. Uh, 87 years. Yeah. Could you imagine? 1897 to 1984. Wow. Uh, I mean, what's it going to be like when you die? Like 1922 to 20? Yeah. Uh, Tabarn was one of the leading photographers in surrealist movement. Uh, So he was friends with Man Ray and those kinds of guys. So we're talking about uh, uh, black and white, of course, analog photography, getting into definitely Multiple exposures, playing around with stuff in the darkroom, pictograms, uh, 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 crazy um, solarizing stuff where it's like we're going to overexpose to the point where the the pixels flip again in the film. You know, crazy stuff like that. But also some really lovely fashion shots. You go look at the, go to look at the red list link that's in the, in the, right. uh, right, right, thing right. There. look at the one of the, tr- of the cars and the, and the lines in the snow from the driving of the cars. It's a lovely picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, th- th- this
0: is, uh, you know, again, we have, we have talked about, um, some of these photographers who, who were just monsters in that they embraced photography as both an art and a craft and explored boundaries in each area they explored the technical boundaries of it they explored the artistic boundaries of it and i don't know that a lot of us and i'll I'll lump myself in there i don't know that a lot of us are are as uh diligent in our pursuit of both ends of the photographic spectrum i think we, we we tend to find a comfort zone and and that's where we produce work. Whereas some of these types of photographers and there, I mean, there are tons of others that we've talked about are, are pushing in multiple areas, trying to find that edge, well, trying I, to find the edge of the cliff.
1: I think this surrealist movement too, was about experimentation by design. Sure, right. So sure. there's a certain element of that. And, and uh, it's also interesting, like, okay, all like the crazy man Ray sort of solarize kind of stuff. No one does that kind of stuff anymore, right? Even though we can, it's like that was in vogue then. Is that the HDR of the time? You know what I mean?
0: Um, I don't think so. I okay. think it's still much more interesting than HDR myself.
1: Yeah, but I, I just mean that in, in the sense that... Culturally, well i or 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 even technically that there are there are things that come into favor um you know flashes with with umbrellas in the seventies, you know what I mean that like mm-hmm. photography Maybe. even the 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 where you were starting out where we went to see the uh pen stuff, you know it's like you and I both didn't really get into the pen with strobes kind of stuff right even though you know, it's perfectly reasonable stuff. And in the 1970s, a lot of people's work looked like that because that's right, when right. strobes first started really hitting the, hitting the scene like that. Um, or
0: in, in the eighties with, uh, uh, Oh my gosh. Heisler. Yep. Yep. Sure. You know yeah, That yeah, kind yeah. of, that kind or, of yeah, really the, saturate or, sharp. Right. Or, look.
1: or, or the, or the, or the, or the, the, the blue and orange gels. look. Right, you know, right. the sort of, yeah. I mean, that all became a thing. Um, but uh very cool uh was was uh, apparently lived in Baltimore for a while okay uh, yep uh and and born in France died in in France in Nice uh but uh worked as a professional photographer in Baltimore uh, shot a bunch of people including Calvin Coolidge and his family and then uh returned to Paris became a fashion photographer and that's where he met surrealist writer Philippe uh, Suppol. I, I love the stuff.
0: multiple exposure stuff here
1: I know uh, who yeah. in turn acquainted him with various prominent magazines. So he started working with a uh, bunch of magazine people, and uh, you know, apparently uh, he uh, he 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 you know he knew Kurtesh and a bunch of other people. So it's it's fun looking at the people from a particular period and a movement who maybe aren't on the list of everything that you need to see, right. and right. how much they have in common with the person. That that people do talk about all the time, and just to see that, like it's like you know, looking at abstract expressionism and talking about Pollock and de Kooning, and it's like, well, there were fifty guys and girls who were doing stuff, right. probably around that These level just at the that ones time. Who
0: are representative, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. So uh, anyway, if, you, check if it out. you
0: do like this kind of work, Bill and I were talking about this before the show. uh If you like this kind of work, uh there's a terrific book. I'm looking at it right now. It's called Faking It. Manipulated photography before Photoshop, and some yeah. of Maurice's work is in this book. I think it's page one sixty 160 and one sixty six, and there are a couple other areas. But this is a uh, it's a terrific book. Um, maybe put a link in the in the show I notes.
1: Put a link in the show notes.
0: Also, we 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 corrected it, but uh, we we incorrectly referred to last week's photographer of the week. I, I think we officially.
1: I think we officially blew it.
0: Yeah, we totally blew it. Uh, and and. We referred to Alex as a he, not a she. Alex is a is a woman. Um, didn't look deep enough, and and that was that was my fault. So I apologize for that. Uh, I frankly, as I as I tweeted about it, got caught up in looking at the work and didn't really look at the uh, the bio page. Um, it was an honest mistake. So sorry about that.
1: I'm sure you know. I have to imagine that it happens to her more often than you'd think. Maybe. Yeah. And yeah. I will also say that it says something about work in photography in general that we don't really see it from gender lines. Like we, we just assumed that if somebody named Alex was a man, but it wasn't because the work looks masculine or feminine. You know what I mean? It was just like, it's just really great work and the person's name is Alex. So we assumed it was a guy cause Alex is a common guy's name. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, very so, good but apologies we fixed that. So uh, and it,
0: apparently her sister somebody tweeted me and said her sister is a terrific painter which i think it's her sister which looks to be the case so um emails going out see if i can facilitate a conversation that would be fun yeah that would be fun
1: uh and we will i'll put some uh, i'll put of course links in the show notes
0: maurice <laughs> you got anything else uh I think that's it. Oh, I do want to say one thing. This is a completely unsolicited and unsupported uh, uh glow about Moo. Uh, I just ordered some cards from Moo, Moo cards. I think it's yep. just moo.com. Is it just Moo?
1: Uh it's moo.com, yeah. They did a good job. I've been using them for years.
0: They did a fantastic job. A couple of the cards printed dark. They were they were a little muddy. Yeah. And I I have a feeling it's probably um, something to do with the, the CMYK. Well, it's also m- printing on matte things
1: from a digital file. You know, the d- shadows can get a little mucked up. Uh, it wasn't
0: shadows. It was cause oh, what really? I did, I did, I did detail shots of, of a bunch of my paintings. Oh, okay. And these two particular cards were, they printed really dark and then the orange in one printed very light compared to what i saw on my screen and but the other ones printed just great and uh i said something on twitter i said hey i love these a couple of them printed dark and they said you know what get in touch with our customer service team and they were kind enough to uh to send me a a reprint code to to reprint a new set of cards very cool uh at 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 no charge and i thought that was you know I yeah. thought that was very cool. Especially since it's probably and I told them this, I said, look, I don't expect free cards. I, I just wanted to let you know that this <laughs> like, is what happened. It's it's probably, it's probably something probably I did. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I said that. It's probably something that I did. But in in exporting them all the same way, it was only these two that were off. So yeah. I'm not quite sure what happened. Anyway, they were they were terrific customer service. They've already been printed and dispatched. Uh, so thank you very much to Moo. And if you guys need new cards, Check them out because yeah, the customer service goes a long way for me.
1: They are always uh, fantastic. I've I've had very similar stuff uh, myself. Yeah, uh, with them where they've reprinted stuff and been very good about it. Yeah, good um, stuff. Yes. Uh,
0: so, podcasted on takingpictures.com. dot yep. com. Uh, Bill is on the Twitter uh, and the Instagram and the Facebook at Bill Wadman. I am on the same at Jeffrey Sidoris. Yep. Um. And we will see you next week for uh, two eleven. A a two eleven in progress. What what is two eleven again? I think it's a robbery.
1: Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rob you of your sanity.
0: That's right, <laughs> that's right. We're gonna be stealing two hours of your life. <laughs> Which we'll everyone talk to you later. All right, have a good week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.